Hello and welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm Dustin Roberts, your host, and today on the program, Rabbi Schneider is going to explain the Trinity. Well, the topic of the Trinity is one that causes so much confusion because there are so many different theories out there on it. And that's why Rabbi wants to explain this three-in-one mystery from a Hebraic perspective. This message is part of our series titled Mysteries of the Gospel of John. And if you'd like to learn more about the Jewish roots of your faith, you can find a treasure trove of Messianic content online. Just go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. But right now, let's get started with today's message. Rabbi opens with prayer. Father God, I want to thank you for these you've given me to pray for today. Father, I want to thank you for your children. Father, I bless them today. I thank you for your love for us. Father, I just speak life and health over every one of these beloved ones of yours. Father, we worship you and we praise you. We declare that Jesus is high and lifted up. That, Father God, we have been raised with him and are seated with him in the heavenly places. Father, we take authority over the devil. We take authority over Satan. Satan, we crush you under our feet in the name of Jesus by the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And just we declare your victory released through our lives for your glory. And everyone that agrees with this spoke Hebrew with me and we say together, amen and amen. Matthew, Mark, and Luke speak of much of the historical ministry of Jesus. John speaks of more of the mysterious element of Jesus, more of the mystery that was revealed from heaven. Now, don't misunderstand me. Matthew, Mark, and Luke also speak to some of these mystical realities, but John much more so. Now, on last broadcast, I talked about the mystery of the Word of God that has always been. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. We talked about that mystery, that Jesus is the Word that has always been manifested in space and time, clothed in humanity. I want to continue on today, church, by talking about what the church calls the doctrine of the Trinity. So I'd like to go to our primary text right now, John chapter one, we're gonna begin today in verse number one. I'm gonna read a few verses, and then I'm gonna talk to you about the mystery of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the word together, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So once again, the word has always been. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So the word is God. In John 1:14, we read, and the word became flesh. In other words, that Jesus is this word. He's God that has always been. Listen, once again, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Get it now. And the word was God, John 1, 14, and the word became flesh. And so Jesus is the word who is God that's always been made flesh. Now we know that Jesus is the son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we have God, we have the word who was with God and who is God, 
Jesus is that word and Jesus is the son. We also know that in addition to having the father, God and the son, we have the Holy Spirit. And so the Apostles' Creed, other doctrines of our faith, we speak about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? When we baptize somebody, Jesus told us to baptize them in the name of the what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is very hard for us to comprehend. How can God be one and yet be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? You know, at times the apostles asked Jesus a question and Jesus said, no one knows the answer to that question, but the father. For example, they asked Jesus when he was going to come again. Jesus said the father's fixed that time by his own authority or no one knows, but the father. So even though the son is God, the father is greater than him. Right? And the Father, according to Jesus, even knows things that he doesn't know. And yet Jesus, the Son, and the Word is God. Now, don't let me lose you now. I know this is complicated. And, you know, for some of you, it sounds maybe like a little gibberish here because it doesn't make logical sense. But I want you to stick with me. This message will help many of you. So in the church today, we have a term that theologians coined the Trinity. The term Trinity means that God exists eternally as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That God exists in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're unique, but they're all God, and God is one. Now, this to us does not make any logical sense. How can God be three distinct persons and still be one? And we've had a lot of people try to make sense of this. Some of you have even heard some of these analogies before. For example, how many of you heard somebody say, well, the Trinity is kind of like an egg. An egg is one, but an egg has three parts. We have the, the shell around the egg. We have the white of the egg. And then we have the yellow center, the egg yolk. And people say, well, that's kind of like God. He's three parts, but he's one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as well meaning of an attempt that that is to try to help us understand the mystery of the Trinity, I don't think that even comes close, beloved ones, to helping us understand the mystery of the Trinity. The reality is, beloved ones, we cannot logically explain the Trinity. We cannot logically explain how God is one and yet he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and that each one is relating to each other. So for example, Jesus had a relationship with the Father, yet he's God, and he's part of God and one with God. So Jesus prayed to the Father. Jesus came to earth. He said he came to do the Father's will. The Bible says that Jesus is in the bosom of the Father, that the Son is in the bosom of the Father, that God has an only begotten Son that's in his bosom, and that Jesus is the physical manifestation of God's only begotten Son. Now, just hang with me now. I know we're talking about some complex theological concepts, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it down to help you understand this in a simple way. So, somebody that tells us that they can give us understanding into the mystery of the Trinity, they're fooling themselves if they think they can fully explain it. It's impossible. But I'm gonna speak some realities about it that will be helpful. First of all, God does not have to be, listen now, singularly unified to be one. So for example, in the book of Genesis, it says a man will leave his father and mother 
and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. The Hebrew word there is a chad, flesh. So you have a situation where a husband and wife, man and woman, become one. They're one unit, and it's not a singular unity, but it's a compound unity. The two become one. The same thing is true when the Lord had the Israelites build all the different pieces of the tabernacle. And after all the different pieces of the tabernacle were built, they were joined together to become one, one unit. And so I'm speaking this way because as a Jewish person, one of the criticisms that I get from the Jewish community is that, you know what, you have fallen away from the faith because our greatest declaration is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, where the Lord says there in Deuteronomy 6, 4, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Some of you have even heard it sung before. It goes, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Deuteronomy 6.4 is what I just sang, and it's translated, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And Orthodox Jewish men will try to make that the last thing they say before passing on. The word there in Deuteronomy 6.4 for one, the Lord is one, the Hebrew word there in the original is echad. That's the same word that God uses in Genesis when he says that a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and the two shall become what? One, echad. And so when the Bible speaks about God being one, it's not speaking necessarily about a singular unity, but rather simply about a unity. And we see in scripture that oftentimes a unity will be a compound unity, as in the case of a man and woman becoming one, all the pieces of the tabernacle becoming one. In fact, beloved ones, when the Lord created the world, going back to the very first few verses of the Bible, go with me now, listen to this, Genesis chapter one. The Bible said, let us create man in our image. Let us create man in our image. Who was God talking to there when he said, let us create man in our image? Who is the us and who's the our? Who is God speaking to? Well, in rabbinic Judaism, they say that God was speaking to the angels. He wasn't speaking to the angels. He was speaking, beloved, listen now, to the fact that he has relationship within himself. Let us create man, get it now, in our image. In other words, within God, there is relationship. Let us create man in our image. Inside God, there is relationship. And this is where we get the doctrine of the Trinity from, that within God, we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit it's one, God is one. He's a compound unity or a complex unity, yet he's one God. And within him is relationship that God has relationship within himself. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. And Rabbi will be right back. So please keep listening. 
did you know that you can connect with Rabbi right on your phone? The Rabbi Schneider app is packed with resources, videos, and a daily devotional that are designed to help jumpstart your day. The Rabbi Schneider app is free, bringing you inspiration and encouragement 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Simply search for Rabbi Schneider in your phone's app store and download the app today. We are so thankful for everyone who gives a financial gift of support to this ministry. And perhaps today is the day that you decide that you would like to deepen your commitment to discovering the Jewish Jesus. The best way to do that is to sign up to become a monthly partner at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Or you can call us at 800-777-7835. Together, we can help others prepare for Jesus' return. And now, let's get back into the second half of today's message. Why do we have family? Where do we get this concept of relationship from? Where do we get this relationship concept between men and women, between parents and children, between people? It all comes from the fact, beloved one, that within the Godhead, relationship already exist. And so because relationship exists within the Godhead, because within the Godhead, the Father is always in communion with the Son, and the Son is always in communion with the Father, and the Spirit is what's holding everything together. Because there is relationship within the Godhead, we have the concept of relationship woven in to humankind that is created, get it now, in God's image. And so once again, we see here all the way back to John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I wanna continue on here and ask you this question. Some of you are still kind of, you're following it. You're, you're saying, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You're not fully convinced. There's nothing that I can say that will fully convince you because I can't logically explain all this to the T. But let me say this to you. I'm not apologizing for not being able to fully explain it to you. Here's the reason why you can feel free to embrace this concept of God being one, yet existing in three different persons that are distinct. Here's why you can embrace this fully with your heart without fully being able to intellectually comprehend it. Here's why you can do that. Think about this. You believe in God. I'm assuming that those of you that are watching, the vast majority of you believe in God right now. Some of you are saying you don't. Even those of you that are saying you don't, deep down inside, you really do. Think about this. You believe in God. I want to ask you a question. Where did God come from? Can you explain logically where God came from? Obviously, you can't. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all that God has always been. We cannot in any way even remotely connect to that intellectually. It is beyond the intellect. Our mind can only understand where something has come from, get it now, through the laws of cause and effect. We can only understand that this exists because of this, that this came from this. We can only think through our mental capacity through the lens of cause and effect. Where did God come from? There is no logical answer to that. He's always been. He came from nowhere. But we say intellectually that's impossible, that he's always been. Where did he come from? He had to come from somewhere. 
But the truth is, that's what makes God, God. In the beginning, God. God has always been. He came from nowhere. It is intellectually impossible to grasp that. And every time I remotely get close to touching on that, my mind just overloads. And for some reason, my heart just melts down in love. It must be because God is love. And so by virtue of the fact, beloved one, that you and I cannot in any way comprehend logically the fact that God has always been, neither should we expect to be able to intellectually comprehend how God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and yet He's one. You know, an interesting illustration where we see in the New Testament, God manifested at the same time in the person of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is when Yeshua was baptized, when He went into the waters, we say in Hebrew, of the mikvah, the mikvah waters. And what happened when Yeshua went into the mikvah waters when Jesus was baptized? He went into the water, right? And then he came out of the water. When he came out of the water, the Spirit manifested himself above Jesus visibly to John the Baptist as a dove, right? John said, I saw the Spirit lighting on him, and I saw the Spirit lighting on him, John said, as a dove. So the Spirit was manifest above Jesus as a dove. So here we have the Spirit. Jesus himself, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, is the one that John sees coming out of the water, right? So now we have the Spirit manifested as a dove. We have Jesus coming out of the water in the flesh, the Son of God in the flesh. And then we have the Father speaking from heaven that John the Baptist hears. When John hears the word, this is my beloved Son, and in Him I'm well pleased. So at the baptism, we have the Father speaking, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. We have the Spirit manifested as a dove, and we have Jesus Himself, the Son, coming out of the water, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all in the same act. Well, I want to simply leave you with this truth as we close this particular mystery, that God is relationship. There's relationship in Himself. And when you and I try to define God, we need to include in our definition, and obviously our definitions will always fall short, but any definition of God that leaves out the word relationship falls far short of being an adequate description of who God is. We know God has always been. We know He's self-existent. We know He's all-powerful. We know He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. We know He's a God of love. We can describe Him in all these ways, and all those ways are true. But unless we, beloved ones, include in our description of God the word He is relationship, we have fallen short of understanding who God is. You see, Jesus said in John 17 that in Him we have eternal life. And Jesus said, this is eternal life, that you would know God and Jesus Christ, whom He has sent. That's right. God loves to show the world His Son. This is the Bible teaching ministry of Rabbi Schneider. And if you'd like to learn more about this program or rabbi, be sure to connect with us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And if you've missed any of these messages in our series on the mysteries in the Gospel of John, you'll find the complete series on our website or by subscribing to our daily podcast. We also have a vibrant YouTube channel where you can not only hear Rabbi, but also see him 
as he delivers these daily life-transforming truths. To learn about the variety of ways you can watch this program, just go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And you know, Rabbi said earlier that we can embrace with our hearts what our intellect cannot understand. There are so many people still who need to hear God's word, but oftentimes our mind tells us there's nothing we can do about it because we're not in ministry or we're not a pastor, but that's simply not true. And if Rabbi's messages, if they're stirring something in your heart, will you embrace God's calling and will you partner with this ministry right now? Here's Rabbi once again. When you send in your tithe to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, your church, or wherever you're sending it to, you're not just sending your tithe to that ministry. What you're actually doing, beloved, is sending your tithe unto the Lord. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter seven, verse eight, that when we present our tithe to the Lord, we're presenting it to the one, beloved, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who lives. I want you to know, beloved, Take joy when you send in your tithes and offerings because what you're actually doing is sending your offering, lifting up your tithe and giving it to Jesus himself. I want you to know I love you today. I wanna ask you to be faithful with your finances to the Lord. And if this ministry is blessing you, I wanna ask you to do it through this ministry. God bless you and shalom. Here's how you can partner with us today. Visit us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also call us at 800-777-7835. To show our appreciation for your monthly donations or your gifts of any amount, we'll send you an audio CD of Rabbi Schneider's latest message of the month that's also available as an instant download along with our most recent newsletter. And for those of you who are our new monthly partners will also send you an authentic shofar that's been handcrafted in Israel. And speaking of Israel, Rabbi just presented a Feast of Tabernacles message live from Jerusalem that was experienced by millions of people around the world. It's been a great holiday season, but Sukkot will be coming to a close on Sunday, October the 16th at nightfall. And if you want to know more about these special set-apart days that God created to point us to His Son, Jesus the Messiah, then we would love for you to visit our website and explore our growing collection of Messianic content. You'll find this and more when you go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Here's Rabbi with a special blessing. The ironic blessing in the book of Numbers chapter 6 is not a blessing that comes from an impersonal being out there somewhere in the heavens. This special blessing comes from a person, Yahweh, God Almighty, our creator and maker. So receive God's blessing into your life right now. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh,
Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. That's discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. I'm Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider provides a glimpse into the mysteries in the Gospel of John. That's coming up Friday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.